A nurse, a policeman, a young married couple, a salesman, and other survivors of a worldwide plague that is producing aggressive flesh-eating zombies takes refuge in a mega Midwestern shopping mall. was a long explanation well done yes and this is ryan and this is ashley and this is ruining, ruining our, our childhood. childhood a nostalgic weekly podcast where a married couple rewatches and reviews our favorite 90s and 2000s movies to decide if they hold up to our adult standards yes that is what this podcast is mm-hmm. in case you didn't know if this is your first time joining us hi welcome to a movie podcast the end okay bye <laughs> shortest episode ever this week we're doing the 2004 classic dawn of the dead and obviously if you've heard us talk about dawn of the dead before you know the original is one of our favorite halloween movies Mm -hmm. zombie movies etc and we decided to do the remake because i do have some memories from it too yeah that are mostly positive and i don't know that when i saw this that i knew it was a remake because i was not very up on the zombie films yeah yeah i know you knew obviously because you love the original you introduced me to the original i will preface though that i hadn't seen the original version until after i saw this so oh and it was mostly just because they like older movies aren't readily available to you in 2000 2002 i'm trying to remember when i saw night of the living dead i think i was 12 on tv Mm -hmm. and that's what got me interested in zombies i've told the story before but i don't remember seeing the 1978 version of dawn of the dead until maybe a year or two after this okay and i i don't know if i bought it online or if i if they actually had it at the store i mean we own it but i don't know i just i found it and then i was like i'm gonna buy this and i loved it It's possible you found it in the store because I remember every Halloween, a lot of the stores would have these really nice setups of just Halloween movies. That's true. And they were always like a good price. So. And I'm thinking, you know, the place that probably had it was like Best Buy Mm -hmm. or Circuit City because they always had so many movies. Yeah. But. You went with a deep cut going with the Circuit City. Well, yeah. Yeah. It was still open. I was going to say, it was around back then. So, why don't you take us down memory road and hit us with some 2004 facts. Also, fun fact, the year I graduated high school. Neat. Yeah. So, this movie was released on March 19th of 2004. It had a budget of $26 million, and it grossed $102 million. So, it was very successful. Uh, Directed by Zack Snyder. Mm Mm-hmm. Popular TV shows from 2004 were CSI, American Idol, and Desperate Housewives. The number one song the week the movie came out was Yeah by Usher featuring Little John and Ludacris, which was a huge That was my senior jam. That was the number one hit from February 28th all the way to May 21st. Yeah. Yeah. And then the number one song from May 22nd through July 9th was Usher, Burn. He had a good year. He had a very good year. 
Kazasa from July 24th through <laughs> August 6th, Confessions Part 2 was the number one hit. Uh, a couple other popular songs were Hey Ya by Outkast and Outkast featuring Sleepy Brown, The Way You Move. Again, Outkast had a very good year that Atlanta that year. had a good year. Yeah, that's true. It's <laughs> just... just uh, Usher and Outcast, basically, from December all the way to August. <laughs> yeah. Popular movies were Shrek 2, Spider-Man 2, and The Passion of the Christ. Spider-Man 2, best soundtrack ever? No, I'm ever? just kidding. Whoa. I just, since we're on the topic of soundtracks, mm-hmm. uh, we are going to do some mini-sodes in the future where we talk about soundtracks. Yeah. Because I've always been a nerd about soundtracks. Mm-hmm. I feel like Hollywood has actually gotten back into producing really good soundtracks for movies, whether it be for a musical or whatnot. But when we were growing up, they were very good at it back Mm -hmm. then. And I feel like it kind of fell off for a little while, but it seems to be coming back. And we've definitely talked about it in the sense that if it was like an early families 90s movie, you better have a theme song. Not even just like family film. It was pretty much every movie Mm -hmm. had a theme song or especially in the early 90s it usually was like a rap song or an r&b song Mm -hmm. was super cheesy because it you know it was like turtle power yeah ninja rap uh, ninja rap uh what was the adam's family one might have been adam's family Uh, rap it was something like that but we also are going to add a category we'll start it today in (laughs) our technology category about the best song on the soundtrack so look forward to that yes so what was your earliest memory from 2004's dawn of the dead i saw this in theaters i saw it with a group of friends my friend chad and his now wife juana and uh maybe one of my brothers went not quite sure but i remember distinctly going to see it in theaters not really knowing what the movie was going to be because i don't know that i had seen very many uh, previews for it but i kind of was didn't have anything going on that night, went and saw it, and really enjoyed it. Yeah. So I was super glad. And then, pretty sure I said it on the Shaun of the Dead episode, when a few months later, when Shaun of the Dead came out, I thought Shaun of the Dead was a cheesy parody of... Yeah, you did. Yeah. So, went and saw this, and I kind of didn't want to see Shaun of the Dead then, because I was like, I don't want to see a crappy knockoff. This also might have been kind of my introduction to zombie movies. I wouldn't doubt that because uh, I would say that before this film came out, there wasn't a lot in the genre. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And it definitely was something I enjoyed because me and you have always enjoyed The Walking Dead. We were watching that from the minute it started. Yeah. iZombie, the Zombieland movies. Yeah, anything zombie related. Yeah, (laughs) definitely enjoy those. I was going to say that, I mean... In fairness, when you said you thought it was a ripoff of Shaun the Dead, I was just thinking about how many spoof type movies had come out mm-hmm. since Scary Movie that I wouldn't have doubted that something like that would have came out. And this was kind of when they shifted away from the first couple Scary Movies were well done parodies. Right. But then they did those like Scream, I Know What You Did Last Summer and... Uh, the super bad one where they were really low budget crappy i will say the waynes brothers knew how to do it mm-hmm. they did don't be a menace yes and that one was always hilarious to me though i feel like 
that or scary movie would not age well. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen them in forever. But they were still really, really hilarious to me throughout my teenage years. Yeah. Yeah. I think they got so diluted with the spoof movies and they weren't even clever after a while. Yeah. They were just they were just cramming references and just stupid making fun of things that are actually really good too mm-hmm. on top of it. Not just like annoying cultural references. But they're like making fun of things that were like actually really good and I'm like that's a cheap joke or I don't know. Yeah. It's a fine line, the spoof genre. I was gonna say they I don't know the last time I saw one that I enjoyed. Oh, no. It's been a while. Like, right now, I think they still make them, but it's just a bunch of just D-list actors, and it's just, again, poorly written. Mm-hmm. They just look horrible. Yeah, they... <laughs> like, the pro- promotional pictures look horrible, and just like, yeah, I'm not... doesn't no. even look good. Why no. would you even watch that? Mm-mm. Anyway, we're not here to talk about spoof movies. We're here mm. to talk about zombie sequels. Yes. My memory from this movie is i actually did see this in theaters i was a senior in high school went with a bunch of my friends Mm -hmm. and i just remember i feel like we had to convince a couple of our friends because zombies weren't really in their wheelhouse though they did like horror movies they were just like eh, zombies (laughs) i could just see (laughs) but i do remember my friend's boyfriend and me like being way more excited than everybody else Mm -hmm. uh but then once ever once we watched the movie like everybody liked it yeah I've seen this movie quite a bit, so I do remember a lot of stuff about it. And that being said, do you think this movie is going to hold up? I think there's going to be some good dated references and maybe a little, maybe some bad haircuts or something. But I think the movie itself is going to hold up. I think I'm going to enjoy it. I think the biggest dated reference is going to just be all the stores in the mall. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Malls in general are definitely a dying thing. Yeah. And then there's just one scene in particular, and I won't get into, you know, too deep into it. But I think I think the way it's done is going to look a little cringy. But, um, but I'm excited to be proven wrong on that. So For sure. So did you say it is going to hold up? I said it's going to okay. hold up, yeah. I think there's going to be some little dated things here or there, but I think it's going to be well-written, probably well-acted. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. I agree. I think it's still going to be something that is scary at times. I think the thing that benefits this versus an older zombie movie is that the zombies will look really gross and creepy. Mm -hmm. And they're fast. They're not slow zombies. Yes. As far as aggressiveness and like that kind of pumps up the volume of scary for me. Mm -hmm. I do like the slower zombies because I think the fact that a slower zombie could still overpower you if you're not fast enough. Like, that's scary in Mm -hmm. itself. And I think people in zombie movies tend to underestimate slow zombies. When if if you're outnumbered, it doesn't matter how slow they are. They'll still get you. I was going to say, I just think of the original Dawn of the Dead. I believe it's Roger, who is super cocky. Flyboy? No, not Flyboy. Blonde-haired guy. I think you're right, Roger. And he's super cocky about it, and he pays the price. He does. He gets a little, like, I feel in that scene, not to go on a tangent about the original Dawn of the Dead, but I feel like in that scene, he did a line of coke before. Like, not the actor. Well, maybe the actor. It was the 70s. Yeah. But the character, 
And it's when they're moving trucks because they're going to use these huge trucks to block the doors. Mm -hmm. And he just has the enthusiasm. But I also don't know if it's like supposed to be because he's a little freaked out because they have to do stuff like this. They have to uh, get psyched up because you have to be wary of all these zombies coming at you. I don't know. But I think you're on to something about him maybe being a little coked up. Because he was (laughs) hyper as hell. If you haven't seen... The original Dawn of the Dead, I highly recommend it just mm-hmm. because it's it's fun. It's fun. I... And it's really well done. It is. You mentioned the zombie difference between this one and that one. And I would love to have seen a, just to almost take the same script mm-hmm. and just improve the zombies. Yeah, because I will they... say, other than it's set in a mall, there's a lot more going on in this movie and there's a lot more survivors, mm-hmm. a lot of... Uh, tension whereas mm-hmm. i feel like in the first one there's not tons of tension after like the first 20 minutes of them being together they actually get along quite well yeah absolutely so that and that's something i think happens in more modern day zombie movies is there's always that human especially like in walking dead there's always that human tension or mm-hmm. that nobody wants to get along and yeah obviously people tr- kill each other all the time anyway where can you stream this movie you can stream it on the Sci-Fi app, and I assume that they probably play it on Sci-Fi occasionally if you're a person that still watches live TV. Mm-hmm. No judgment. No. But I don't know what it's like anymore. I haven't done it in years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do have an app. And then also the Peacock app, which is free, but I'm pretty sure there's commercials oh, okay. if you have the free, because you can get a premium too. It's a good app. I like that Peacock app. Do you? Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's got a lot of good stuff. That's true. Yeah. Some some interesting things. Yeah. I'm excited for the Safe by the Bell. Me too. Uh, at first I thought maybe it'd be a lot cheesier, but it seems like it's going to be a little meta. They're making fun of themselves. It's very self-aware. So I think that will be great, you know? Mm-hmm. 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 So I just wanted to let you guys know uh, at the end of the episode, we are going to be talking about our favorite Halloween costumes as kids. And we did ask people on instagram over the weekend to tell us theirs so we'll be reading some of those at the end of the episode faux show so now we're gonna go ahead and take a break hit the pausey pause and come back and talk about dawn of the dead okay and we just finished watching dawn of the dead and we're gonna go ahead and break down our movie with our categories the first category is Well Hello There, where well, we talk about any there. cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie. And who did you notice? The first person, uh, I would consider her the main character for mm-hmm. the most part, is Sarah Polly, mm-hmm. and she played Anna. She hasn't been in tons of stuff. She actually hasn't acted in quite a bit of time, but she is a director. Oh, okay. And she has done documentaries. She directed... I want to say it was called Take This Waltz. It was a movie with Seth Rogen and why can't I think of her name? Michelle Williams. Oh, okay. Michelle. Is that her name? Yeah, Michelle Williams from Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Luke Kirby. Yes. From Marvelous Miss Maisel. Yes. Yes. But yeah, she's won some like Sundance Awards and stuff like that, I think. But that's basically what she does now. But I did read a trivia fact about her that she was supposed to be Penny Lane in Almost Famous the kate wow. hudson role but she dropped out and last kate hudson minute. won an academy award for that yeah wow 
So okay, yeah, it's pretty I, interesting. The big thing I remember her from, as far as acting, was she was Rona in Go. Yes, mm-hmm. that's very true. But that's cool that she's directing because I noticed the last thing that I saw that jumped out at me that she was in was the John Adams miniseries, which yeah. was twelve years ago. That's insane. Yeah. I remember watching the Golden Globes, and I'm like, Jesus, this John Adams miniseries is winning everything. Yeah. I'm like, damn you, Paul Giamatti. Right. Uh, who is your first one? My first one was the star of Three Ninjas, Gone in 60 Seconds, and Scream 3, the legendary low-flying helicopter, makes two appearances in this movie. He is following Anna while she is driving out of the neighborhood, and then later flies over the mall, and they try to, like, beckon to him. I feel like there's a lot of references to the original Dawn of the Dead, which I'm going to talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to compare the two quite okay. a bit because, you know, it is a remake of it, so it should mm-hmm. be compared. Like, whenever I saw the helicopter, that's what I thought. I was like, is that... Is that Flyboy? <laughs> yeah, is that Flyboy and Peter and Fran? Roger. Fran. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was Flyboy's... Steven? Is that yeah, his real name? I think so. Yeah. I just like his nickname. I was going to say, we just call him Flyboy. My next one is Ving Rhames. Mm-hmm. He plays Kenneth, a police officer that uh, meets Anna or Anna. Sorry, it's spelled Anna, so it's very confusing. But they say Anna mm-hmm. the whole movie. So obviously, Ving Rhames has been in a whole bunch of stuff. Mission Impossible, mm-hmm. most notably, I think. In a movie that we did for the podcast, People Under the Stairs. That's true. Yeah. He dies kind of quickly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> who's your next one? My next one was Mackay Pfeiffer. He plays Andre. He was on ER and in Eight Miles, and most recently he was on Love Victor. You say Eight Miles? It's just Eight Miles. Oh, I apologize. Eight Mile. <laughs> I have never seen that movie. Really? Yeah. Oh. I know it was very well received and. Yeah, Brittany Murphy, man. Yeah, Eminem. Well, yeah, but yeah. I feel like he was in so many shows when we were kids he was in that like uh, i don't know was it just for mtv the like othello modern retelling of uh do you remember that carmen the hip hopper? no but it was othello oh. those are two different things maybe. that's two different things okay i didn't know if he was in the one that beyonce was in i don't know if he was but i remember he was in the othello one, okay which again one's a shakespeare play one's a opera Okay. I don't know Shakespeare, but you're right. He was everywhere when we were uh, like in our teens. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, Love, Victor, he plays mm-hmm. the one girl's dad, which is weird. Yeah. Sophia Bush's boyfriend. Yeah. But yeah. I would say he's a bigger character than Sophia Yeah. Bush. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> Sophia Bush is on it. Who is your next one? Jake Weber mm-hmm. plays Michael, and he's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, most notably, he was in Medium. Okay. The NBC TV show with Patricia Arquette. Okay. He's been in Homeland and more recently, 13 Reasons Why. Played I'm Barry sure. Walker. Who? Bryce Walker's dad. Oh, you're yeah. right. Yeah. I, we haven't watched the last season of that, but. Some might even say Scary Barry Walker. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> Uh, Shout out to your silly joke <laughs> from last week's episode. Hey, one person appreciated it, so yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> Who is your next one? My next one was Michael Kelly. He plays CJ, the mall security guard. Um, The big thing I recognized him from was he's Doug Stamper on House of Cards. Yes. So that's... And he's apparently in the Tom Clancy, Jack Ryan 
show oh, too. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Uh, my next one is Kevin Seegers. Mm-hmm. He plays Terry, which is another one of the security guards. Some would say the nice one. Yes. <laughs> the thing I recognize him mostly is Airbud. Uh huh. He's the main kid in Airbud. And he's also uh, more recently been on Fear of the Walking Dead. Yeah. So. You know what else he was in? What? He plays the young Michael J. Fox in Life with Mikey. Oh, you are correct. I yeah. have not seen that movie in a couple years. I uh, say it like I haven't seen it. I Like two years ago, I watched it. Oh, really? Yeah. God. It was on, I want to say it was like on the Showtime app or something. I was like, I love that movie. Yeah. I love anything Michael J. Fox was in. Right. <laughs> My next one is Michael Berry. He plays the third in the group of mall security guards. He plays Bart. And he was on Are You Afraid of the Dark? And Goosebumps. Okay. So. He didn't seem that recognizable to me other than from this movie. So mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't write him down. But my next one is somebody that's pretty famous now. Ty Burrell. Yes. From Modern Family. And uh, more recently, he's doing a voice on Duncanville, which is a newer animated series. Uh, but he plays Steve. And he's an asshole. Yeah. That's all I can say about yeah. Steve. I've never seen Modern Family. I think I watched one episode, but I would imagine he's a pretty wholesome dad on that. So yeah, I've seen one episode, but I do remember when that first premiered, mm-hmm. seeing an ad for it, and I was like, that's the asshole from Dawn of the Dead. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably people watching this going, man, he's so nice on Modern Family, but he's a dick in this. Yeah. My next one is Tom Savini. He mm-hmm. plays the sheriff on the news that is telling people to make sure that they shoot the zombies in the head. Yes. And Tom Savini was also in Perks of Being a Wallflower. But oh, nice. the main thing we know him from was he was in the original Dawn of the Dead as the biker gang leader. Yes. And he also, I believe, did the makeup mm-hmm. and special effects for, or makeup effects for the original Dawn of the Dead. And... I want to say he did it for the Night of the Living Dead remake. Oh, okay. Because I think we mentioned him in that episode we did last year. That sounds right. Uh, we did the 1990 version mm-hmm. of Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, he's, he's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, he's really good. The next one is also a cameo from original Dawn of the Dead cast, Scott H. Reniger. Mm-hmm. Reniger? I I'll say know. Reniger. Okay. Uh, he plays the commander on chi- uh, on TV as the commander on chief. No. Commander- <laughs> He's not the president. No, no, no. He plays just a commander on TV when they're watching the news. They're interviewing him. And he is one of the main characters from the original Dawn of the Dead. Yes. We talked about him earlier. Yeah. Roger. Yeah. Yeah, Roger. He's the one doing coke. <laughs> <laughs> We're pretty sure. My next one was also in the original. Yes. His name is Ken Forey. He played Peter in the original, and he plays a pastor in this, and it looks like he was also on Keenan and Kel. Oh, nice. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I did like that with his part, he plays like a tele a televangelist mm-hmm. who is saying all these reasons why they're having this apocalypse, and, but he gets to say his line that he did say in the original, which is like, when there's no room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Yeah. So that was kind of... It's kind of a nice callback. Yeah. Yeah. James Gunn did a very good job. Yeah. Apparently James Gunn wrote this. Yeah. Did not know that. I remember that, but I kind of forgot it. I think the only things I knew he wrote prior to Guardians of the Galaxy were the Scooby-Doo movies. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even know. (laughs) I think I didn't know he did those. 
Uh, we call ourselves movie nerds. Mm-hmm. My next one is Matt Freer. Okay. And he plays Frank. And we've talked about him on the podcast because he's from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Mm-hmm. Plays the neighbor slash neighbor's dad. And he's more recently been on Fear of the Walking Dead as well. And Perry Mason, the oh, okay. HBO series with Matthew Reese. Yeah, I definitely want to check that out. Yeah. Who's your next one? My next one, and actually it's my last one, okay. is Jane Eastwood. She plays Norma. The thing that I immediately recognized her from is playing Judy the waitress at Denny's in Santa Claus mm-hmm. with Tim Allen. But it looks like she was also in the My Big Fat Greek Wedding and the TV series and all that stuff. And then also in Hairspray. Yes. Yeah. And as I like to know her from, 12 Dates of Christmas. One what? of my cheesy freeform slash ABC Family Christmas that movies. That's the one with Mark Paul Gossler and Amy Smart? Yes. yes. She plays her neighbor, sweetest old lady. Yeah. It's um, kind of a fun one. I will say that. It's like Groundhog's Day yeah. set at Christmas time. I always love plots like that mm-hmm. you know it's it kind of is in par with the time travel because you kind of get to redo things and try to make things better yeah but also you're also driven a little mad by the repetitiveness which i probably would yeah because <laughs> i'm not a big fan of repetitiveness no you are not the <laughs> last one i'll mention is boyd banks he plays tucker one of the group of the few that come after they start staying at the mall mm-hmm. and I thought I recognized him from somewhere. He's a Canadian comedian. Uh, He's been in a bunch of Canadian shows, some American shows, uh, like the 12 Monkeys TV series. Okay. But I didn't see anything that, like, stood out to me as something I recognized him from, so I think I've just seen him a lot in this movie. I was going to say it's one of those instances, that guy looks really familiar from this movie. Yeah, Yeah. but that's all I had. Okay. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Yes. And we're back from break. Do you want to move on? Yes. The next category is called Kids Would Call It a Throwback. We call it the prime of our teens where we talk about fashion, dated references, and that's it. Yep. <laughs> I like how you always say that. You're like, and that's it. Yeah. I feel like, was there a time where we had a third thing or is it just something? I we made? would do, um, they were dated references and offensive jokes. Yeah, that's true. I, it's still offensive jokes. Yeah. I definitely put offensive jokes in this category. Same. Especially in this movie, there are, are some. Yes. So I, I included it as well. Did you have any fashion? I literally only had one. Mm-hmm. And it was at the beginning of the movie, Anna's driving home, and there's a cute little girl like roller skating, and she wants to show that she can roller skate backwards. And she was wearing jeans that had little flowers around the bottom of the legs. that was it yeah there was everything was pretty plain i mean anna's in pajamas for like 40 percent of the movie Mm -hmm. bloody pajamas yeah yeah everything else was just really basic i didn't see anything that i was like whoa 2004 yeah it was like a lot of jeans and t-shirts and stuff Yeah. yeah how about dated references i don't know that it's so much a dated reference as as it is something that i don't think people play that much anymore and that is um, Michael goes into this sports shop in the mall that kind of looks like a champ sports. Yeah. And he picks up a croquet mallet to hit a zombie with it. That's true. He did which, use that. Yeah. Which I know it was like a bigger thing in the 70s or something, but I don't know that a lot of people still play it. I'm sure there's people that do. Yeah. 
but I played it a few times as a kid. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not something that I I think a lot of people our age are playing for funsies. Mm -hmm. No. I would say on the more, like, dated references, at one point they are kind of settling into the mall Mm -hmm. and they're kind of hanging out on the roof and they meet this guy who owns a gun shop across the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, They can see him and they communicate through like a whiteboard. Yeah. And they're playing this like zombie shooting game and they're just like calling out zombies that look like celebrities. Mm -hmm. There's like one that looks like Jay Leno. Yeah. And then one that looks like Burt Reynolds. So yeah. And then they mention Rosie O'Donnell too. And they would tell him like hey shoot the jay leno zombie and then he would shoot him yeah which is i was thinking i'm like that's kind of a dark game that you guys are playing there yeah it is yeah it's one of those things when especially with zombie films it's like if you think too hard that these are all people that had lives that Mm -hmm. were human beings they're no longer human beings but i think that would be the thing i would struggle the most with is coming to terms with the fact that you know there's no human factor but they're still technically like living and moving about so i would feel weird about shooting them yeah you know for sure in reality i mean i could sit here and tote like i know how to survive a zombie apocalypse but i i don't think i could get to that point where i would shoot another living thing i've always had it in the back of my head since since uh community did a kind of a zombie halloween episode and everybody's zombified and trying to eat people and they turn the temperature down in the library, and they all come back to normal. Yes. So then I go, is there a possibility for that? And you guys are just shooting people that maybe we could have brought back? Right. Because you're just, like, thinking, I need to survive out of everything. Like, that's yeah. all that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I don't know if... There's definitely been, an in, like, instances in zombie movies where somebody has been, like... Either it's a loved one or just in general, they're like, these are human beings or these were once human beings. Yeah. Is there any way we can help them? Mm -hmm. But it's not something that happens a lot in movies. No. They kind of go straight to, I guess, we have to kill these things to survive. Let's take them out. Did you have any, anything else you wanted to discuss in this this category? I had one other, and this kind of goes along with the offensive jokes, and that is Terry, the security guard. Uh, they kind of sleep on the wall and everything, and he wakes up and he makes a statement that he wants a soy mocha latte, and there's a little coffee bar in the middle of the mall, and he gets called a faggot by Bart. Yeah. Which I was like, well, that's completely unnecessary. It is. Bart's not a good person. No. Uh, I definitely feel like there's a lot of toxic masculinity coming from him and from CJ, too. Yeah. There was a part where... They are locked up because they're the originally the ones in the mall, the three security guards, and then Anna and Kenneth and Andre and Michael and Luda Luda come in and they take over and Terry helps them because CJ and Bart want to just like lock them up and control them, which I kind of get in the sense that like you don't know what these people are capable of, Mm -hmm. but I also am like they seem like people that just want to survive and they were nice enough to like go along with you locking them up for a while you know yeah so they're locked up Mm -hmm. because they chose to not get along with them basically and the one guy that comes in he's an older man named glenn and he's just sitting there telling him this story about how he the day he realized he was gay and they were like 
moaning and like covering their ears like it was the worst like it was going to turn them gay yeah hearing this lovely man's story yeah your coming out tale will turn me gay just from hearing it yeah so (laughs) that was uh pretty brutal to watch because i think it's just like it's dated definitely Mm -hmm. just the concept of that little scene but for sure did you have anything else no that's all i had okay i think that is pretty much all I had. Other than I wanted to say the cameo we were talking about, uh, the TV pastor who was Ken Forey, mm-hmm. some of the stuff he was naming for the reasons why uh, this happened mm-hmm. to the earth, because people were having sex out of wedlock, people were having abortions, people were being gay or having, you know, homosexual feelings, mm-hmm. that that's the reason why this was happening. And it's pretty sad that even... In 2020, that's not really a dated reference. I feel like a lot of religious groups are still like strict about that shit. And, yep. Or at least in justifying if bad things happen, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's dumb. No, I agree. Do you want to move on? Yeah. We're going to go ahead and get on our two-way radio and talk to the gun store across the way. And talk about some technology. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, so in the original movie, there is a gun store in the mall, which I don't know if that was a thing in 1978. I could see it being one. Yeah. Especially if you're thinking mid Midwest, I guess. Yeah. But I was like, man, it would be so much more convenient (laughs) if the gun store was in the mall in the 2004 version. Yeah. But also different times, I guess. The only thing I really noted was that they did watch a lot of TV at the beginning when the news reports were still happening and mm-hmm. like the security guards had it set up and they, I think they were in like electronic store or something. They had yeah like six TVs on at the same time. It's like kind of a sharper image maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only other thing I had and it didn't really play any part into the movie was Anna's car had a cassette deck. Nice. Which I, I was just like, that. that's kind of neat. I was too busy watching her zombie husband try to break the window. Yeah. (laughs) Aggressively. Yeah. So we did mention at the beginning of the episode that we were going to add a new subcategory to the technology category, and that was best song. Mm -hmm. And just talk briefly about if there was a song that was notable in the movie. There wasn't a lot. No. But there were two that I do distinctly remember from this movie, and whenever I hear them, I do think of this movie. The big one that resonated with me is Richard Cheese and Lounge Against the Machine singing Down with the Sickness by Disturbed. And it's just, if you don't know who Richard Cheese is, he's kind of a lounge singer, like Frank Sinatra style, and he would sing Disturbed, you know, a metal song. And and do other covers. Yeah. My brother was obsessed with him. Some of my friends were, but I think of this movie because of it. I think the opening song, uh, it was The Man Comes Around by Johnny Cash. Yeah. I I vividly remember that because the way they cut it in with basically just kind of telling you the gist of what was happening overnight mm-hmm. um, from when Anna or Anna, sorry, when Anna came home to when she woke up, you know, kind of everything that happened uh, the night before in the world, mm-hmm. like the complete destruction it's kind of creepy the way they used it, but I thought it was really effective. And also kind of eerily similar to some of the news footage we've seen this past year, I feel like. It hit a little too close to home. Agreed. 
Those are some good ones. Uh, I just did want to mention the elevator versions of some songs that they play down the best one is the elevator version of i'm all out of love yeah um that was just funny because also i think it's cj's like i love this song you know it's funny i was reading in the trivia that he ad-libbed that because during filming they didn't have anything playing so he was just like i love this song yeah and they kept it in the movie i like it yeah and the fact that they weren't even playing that song then (laughs) Are you ready to move on? Mm-hmm. The next category is called, Is It Even Good? We talk about the plot, the plot hole, and we talk about the cringiest and funniest parts of the movie, as well as our favorite zombie scene. Yeah. What did you think about the plot? I think I said it on an earlier episode where the idea of a zombie apocalypse seemed bizarre to me and completely far-fetched but then 2020 happens and we have this pandemic that moves through the world at a rapid pace and i'm like we could have a zombie apocalypse type thing move through our world rapidly but also i love and i think in 2005 people would go to the mall and even maybe nowadays because people have seen movies like this and dawn of the dead they would go to the mall to get supplies and bunker down yeah i don't know about now because i feel like we mentioned earlier mall culture has kind of died a little bit i mean there's still stores and stuff yeah so i guess i guess it would be an even better place because there's not going to be a lot of people heading to it in a way i would think we have that mall in downtown phoenix that has a walmart and a costco attached to the inside of the mall i'm like that's that's a good location right there that is a good zombie apocalypse mall. You're yeah, right. But obviously that is an anomaly. Not a lot of malls have a Costco in it. That's true. Yeah. I always like to view zombie movies, TV shows in the lens of not so much is a zombie apocalypse capable, but I like looking at the reactions of the humans that are dealing with it mm-hmm. because I think that sometimes can be super realistic. Like the stuff that happens and the stuff uh how they react to things is definitely believable in a lot of movies. Mm -hmm. Um, In this one, I think there's times where I'm like, I don't know, it's a little over the top. But I think for the most part, I think there's there's two types of people in the world. There's ones that are still going to try to be good people Mm -hmm. despite society crashing. Yeah. And then there's just people that are just like, now I can be a complete psychopath. There's going to be the Ty Burrells. Yeah. Because there's nobody to hold me accountable. Yeah. So. Very true. Which one would you be, Ryan? I would hope I would be a good person trying to help people and. Still try to keep your humanity. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't just go around and want to shoot people because I felt like I could. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Ty Burrell's character, Steve, I don't think he's the complete psychopath. I think he's like the douchebag that doesn't quite understand that the world's ending mm-hmm. like that his status is not he's obviously a well-off person yeah but that his status does not matter in this world no like you're still gonna die the same way anybody else would die survival anyway. matters at this yeah. point not you had a boat yeah yeah but anyway mm-hmm. um did you have any plot holes you wanted to discuss i had a couple things the one, I don't know that it's really a plot hole, more a, it's just an observation, and that is Andy, the gun shop owner, has 
a ton of bullets yeah. and rounds and there's a ton of zombies in the parking lot i kind of don't understand why he does not just sit up there and try to eliminate the large zombie population that is kind of taking over that parking lot i i agree if they didn't have this scene where they're playing a shooting game for funsies yeah i would definitely say that shooting would attract more zombies the sound would attract more zombies but they seem to not really care in that moment where they're just snipering off a couple zombies yeah for fun exactly so yeah i actually put the fact that the zombies have crowded around the mall so much as a plot hole because besides the shooting game i feel like most of them stay inside the mall they don't make tons of noise Mm -hmm. so i'm not quite sure what the zombies are attracted to like i don't know if they're we're just supposed to assume that the zombies have some knowledge that something's in there but if they're if they have like animalistic brains, wouldn't they move on to the next thing? Yeah. Like they they would get bored easily. They would have like a short attention span and go, I need to go find food somewhere else. Yeah. Not just congregate in a parking lot. Yeah, for yeah. like weeks. Yeah. I'm not quite sure how much time has passed in this movie. Mm-hmm. But I assume that it some time has passed, like at least a couple weeks. Yeah. Did you have any other plot holes? I was just going to touch on what you had just said. And in the first movie, it kind of helps that Fran is pregnant. So you can kind of see the amount of time. And also, I think the guys grow facial hair at one point. Some of them do. For sure. So you see the passage of time. Whereas in this movie, there is none of that. Other than, I mean, Luda gives birth to a zombie baby, but we still, she was quite pregnant to begin with. Right. That's what I was going to say. And... After that happens, that whole situation, which we'll talk about in a minute, Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe it's only like a week after, but I could be wrong. Yeah. But I agree. There's not a complete thing to show a huge passion, Mm -hmm. a passage of time. So yeah, it's a good point. Um, Another one that I had is there's a scene where the power goes out in the mall and cj and some of the other guys go down to the basement or not the basement but the parking garage to turn on some generators Uh and they get attacked by a horde of zombies and the way they get out of it is they use a fuel pump to spray some gasoline and light a fire but i don't think that fuel pump would work because there's no power they have to go turn on the power that's and they didn't get to it i don't know about that and i'm not quite sure about fuel well i guess if the gas station's out of power they can't you yeah. can't use a fuel pump, right? I would assume it wouldn't work without power. Huh. I don't know. Unless okay. maybe there was a generator in there, but I'm like, when they did it, I was like, I don't think that would work. Yeah. yeah. That that could be something that is mm-hmm. just for the movie. Yeah. Like, right off the bat, I felt like there was a little bit of a plot hole in the sense that Anna and her husband are sleeping in their bed, and their neighbor, child neighbor, who you mentioned earlier, Vivian is just inside their house. Yeah. And I was like, do you just not lock your doors? Like, I know you live in a nice, like, quiet suburban neighborhood, but, like, it's 2004. Lock your fucking doors. It's just Kevin Williamson. He wrote Scream 3. He wrote I Know What You Did Last Summer. He might have had consulted with James Gunn. Nope. And mm-hmm. just don't lock doors. I I agree with you. We, we lock our doors. Yeah. So there's not going to be just a random neighbor kid walking into our house and biting me. I mean, yeah, a lot of that could have been avoided. Her husband could have uh, survived. Yeah. Not gotten bitten in the neck. Just lock your damn doors. Yeah. I I do think that she 
adjusted well to yeah. everything that was happening because this movie, I will say, like right off the bat, goes like full full speed. Yeah, but it's like an overnight things go to shit. Well, that's how every zombie movie is. But I mean, I, every Romero one is. Yeah, I guess you're right. You're right. That's <laughs> that's why it's called Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. That's or true. Land of the Dead, I guess, is the next one in his. Yeah, Diary of the Dead. I I was just saying the pacing of it is way more extreme than the original. Yeah. So. Definitely. I have noticed in older movies that the pacing is a little slower. Mm -hmm. To the point where sometimes when I'm watching an older movie, I'm like, get to the plot. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) What was your funniest line or moment? I thought it was a little light on the comedy, but I did like uh, CJ asking Anna when they're on the roof and they see a truck driving towards the mall Uh and he's like well how do we know that the people driving the truck towards the mall aren't fucked up like the rest of us are fucked up like the rest of them and then anna tells them well for one thing they are driving a truck and shooting guns but she paused yeah she was like for one thing they're driving a truck and then pause and you hear gunshots and And she's like like, and and shooting shooting guns." guns yeah yeah one part that made me laugh, I don't know if it was meant to, but when Anna and Kenneth first meet Michael and Andre and Luda, mm-hmm. Michael's just like, we're going to the mall. And the way he said it was so like with such a defeatist attitude. Yeah. And just like, ah, we're going to the mall. <laughs> it just made me laugh. And then I did like, they kind of walk up an embankment hill uh, uh-huh. and the way the whole thing is shot this epic music starts playing and then they kind of pan up to show them all like it's the Taj Mahal. Right. <laughs> like it's like, oh. Well, to them it's, you know, this hopefully this uh, savior of a place. You know? That's true. It is their fortress. Fortress and their hope for safety. Or at least, you know, for a night of not having to deal with crazy aggressive zombies. Yeah. 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 Touche. What was your cringiest liner moment? I had two, but we talked about right when everything has gone to shit and Anna's still at her house and she leaves her house and she's driving out. She goes outside even just to get to her car and her neighbor is standing out there with a gun. He's gone ape shit and he's going to shoot anything that's moving and like points a gun at her. I'm like going, I get there's zombies out here, but also you can't just point your gun at everybody that you feel like. Well, again, it goes with that there's like two types of people. And I would even say there's like a subcategory of the people that are only trying to survive, but the ones that their mind just, they completely lose any sort of rational thought. Mm -hmm. And, but you have to also think like this is, people are just waking up to this in a lot of cases, you know? So they, he has no clue what's going on. He doesn't know like, oh, it's a zombie that they can't talk Mm -hmm. or convince me, you know? He might just think people are just going crazy and killing each other, but they can still communicate somehow. I don't know. He doesn't know the rules. He got hit by a truck, so. (laughs) It is pretty sweet when he gets hit by a truck, but I agree. It would be insane to walk outside one morning just to go to work and... Chaos. Like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. What was your cringiest moment? The zombie birthing scene definitely was at the height of my list on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, When Luda passes away she becomes a zombie again and he has her uh andre has her tied up Mm -hmm. and i think a part of him just like maybe the baby will be okay yeah so he like keeps her alive is what i was thinking but then he kind of goes crazy at the very end there 
and shoots poor uh, Norma. Yeah. Because she's going to, she shot Luda, who was a zombie at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the fact that there was like a, so much blood coming out and just, it was really gory and gross. And then the fact that they had to shoot a zombie baby. I was going to say, and then they show you a zombie baby. You're yeah. Like, but that was it. Yeah. Same. What was your favorite zombie or zombie attack? My favorite kind of zombie moment is when the truck that we kind of talked about a little bit earlier drives up to the mall and they realize we should try to help these people and they start directing it towards the docking bay. Yeah. And whoever was driving, I think it might have been Tucker. I think it was Norma, actually. Oh, Norma? She's the truck driver. Oh, okay. So she turns around and is going to back into the docking bay and there's like four zombies And she just throws it in reverse and takes out four zombies, crushes one against like a railing, like everything you would want out of a cool zombie kill scene. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. Um, Mine was just when after that, when they bring in all the people that were in the truck, there's a lady in a wheelbarrow who does not look good at all. No. Like she is near death. Mm Mm-hmm. Ordy looks like a zombie, but she's not moving like an aggressive zombie or anything like that. But when she passes away, because her makeup is very gory. Like, it's not gory, but it's just, it's pretty well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when she chases after Anna, like, I thought, I just remember her, that scene quite vividly. So. It's a very well done scene. Yeah. When they, like, realize she passed away, so they pull a put a blanket over her which it kind of reminds me of uh, in dawn of the dead when roger passes away spoiler alert mm-hmm. for anybody that hasn't seen that movie you know uh peter puts the blanket over him but then he rises up yeah which he has the best zombie uh, makeup yeah in that whole movie for sure <laughs> anyway did you have any additional notes you wanted to talk about i did not I know. I did want to talk a little bit about how many characters there were in this film versus the original. Again, I know I'm talking about the original quite a Mm -hmm. bit, but I think what the first film does so well, the original film, is that it doesn't have a huge cast and you can kind of focus on like the psychological things that are happening to this people. Yeah. While the, you know, apocalypse is happening where... In this one, I felt like there was just so, so many people and it was like purely for a body count. Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Like there is a bunch of characters that came on that truck that I don't even think were developed well. No. Uh-uh. You know? So. Yeah, there was basically four in Romero's version of the movie. And then there's some bikers and stuff like that. Yeah. But in this, there's 20 people probably. <laughs> yeah. And you know, like 90% of them are going to die. Yeah. So they're building up the body count for sure i think we can move on all right are you ready to hand out some awards yes as always on ruining our childhood it is award season we give out two awards every week the first of which is a valedictorian to the nicholas cage online school of bad acting whom did you give your award to i gave mine to lindy booth Uh uh-huh she played nicole Mm -hmm. who was I don't think we've mentioned her yet. No. She was one of the people that came in on that truck with Norma Mm -hmm. and Tucker. And her dad, who is Matthew Furr. Yes. Furr. Mm -hmm. He has been bitten. And they've come to the realization after that other lady died that I just talked about that looked like she was near death that 
the bites are the thing that causes them to become zombies. Yes. If you get bit, then you're basically going to die very quickly and become a zombie. Mm -hmm. So they go to him and tell him that they're going to have to kill him. Mm -hmm. And she was just like freaking out crying. And I get like as far as he says, like, you know, our whole family is dead. I'm the last person she has. I get that emotional thing. I just she wasn't convincing me that she really cared. Uh, she kind of whined a little. Yeah. Um, and then throughout the movie, she I didn't really see her purpose as a character. And at one point, she is responsible for a lot of people's deaths because yeah. she, well, she befriends the dog that they find in the garage. Mm-hmm. His name is Chip. Yes. And she grows quite attached to him mm-hmm. to the point where he is not by her side for five seconds. And she's like, Chip, yeah. Chip, where are you? And I'm like, you're not even looking that great. I think Tucker like whistled and he came running. I get she probably has some abandonment issues. Her whole family just died. Yeah. I get it. And uh, there's one scene where they're trying to get Andy, who's the gun store owner, some food because he's basically starving. Yes. And they lower the dog because they found out the dog, the zombies aren't interested in animals. Mm -hmm. So they lower him down with some food and he runs through the horde of zombies and gets to the gun store but some zombies follow him in and she freaks out even though again they're not interested in chip he's fucking fine yeah and she takes the truck drives there they have to go rescue her which i'm like just leave her yeah just just leave her but they they go and rescue her and she just she's a dumb character i was gonna say they go through the sewers tucker dies because of it it's like yeah she was a very dumb character and then she's one of the survivors well i mean spoiler alert i don't think there's survivors especially when you watch the end credits Mm -hmm. it definitely doesn't seem like they're gonna survive on that island but the fact that she gets to survive versus like one of the other people that actually i don't know is developed had more development or even was a contributing member of the survivor group you know yeah anyway who did you pick I gave mine to another person that I think the writers are guilty of not developing. Uh-huh. And that is the character of Monica. And she's played by Kim Poirier. They bring her in. She's one of the people that's on the truck. And they kind of don't develop any of those people that well. And also, they just make her kind of be a catty person, mm-hmm. which is not kind of her like at one point nicole who you mentioned is calling chip and she's just over there mimicking her and being really kind of obnoxious about it and that's really some of the only lines that she's given that's true are these just hey be catty and like develop the person but she did get a cool death scene out of it that's true yeah I do remember her character uh, having sex with Tyrell's character. Yeah. Because I felt like that wasn't necessary as a plot point either. Mm-hmm. Other than obviously if you have a large group of people in a mall and, you, you know, you want to do something to pass time. <laughs> but yeah, I agree that she wasn't very developed. And But I think when you have as many characters as you have in this movie... Mm-hmm you can't have them all developed it would be like a 10-hour movie yeah but i think the only one that they give some development to that is brought in halfway through is ty burrell's steven character yeah and norma too because i think when they first bring them in and then norma's saying how she went out of her way to save these people because michael was like i think it gave him trust in her Mm -hmm. like they're bringing these strangers in but the fact that she said like she went and found these people 
and save them like that gave him this more like i'm comfortable with you because you seem like a good person still yeah true do you want to move on yes the next award is the thomas j hanks award for exceptional acting who did you give your award to? I was actually a little surprised at the person I ended up giving my award to because at the when you're first introduced to him, he's pretty unlikable. And that is CJ, played by Michael Kelly. Mm-hmm. And that's because I really liked the story arc that they do with him. You know, at first he's kind of a jerk. He gets locked up in like the security office. But he, you know, by the end of the movie... He's a hero and he sacrifices himself so they can get to safety. So I I really liked the story arc and I thought he was a decent actor too. Yeah, for sure. I always liked his character because of that. Like he's definitely an asshole. I think we mentioned earlier, we kind of understand his motives in the sense that he he is letting strangers into the mall. They kind of broke into the mall, actually. I think at one point he's almost like, who knows how long this is going to last, so don't steal any merchandise because Mm -hmm. I still want a job after this type thing. But the minute Bart dies, he's definitely like decides to become a contributing member of the group. I know I've said that a lot, but it's important, you know, if you're in an apocalypse that you help out Mm -hmm. because there's characters that don't like Steve. And I just like that he did, you know, sacrifice himself. I didn't like that. Actually, because I chose Nicole for my KG award, mm-hmm. I was like, I wish he would have survived. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like someone that we've come to like. Yeah, or Michael. Yeah. That wasn't my, my choice. Who was your choice? Uh, my choice was Sarah Polly, okay. who played Anna, just because I think as the first introduced character, uh, she is a nurse. So I think she's very useful mm-hmm. in, in the world that they've come to live in and i think she was still wanting to keep the humanity inside her intact and she was very much the voice of reason especially the for when they were letting new people into the mall <laughs> like i like the scene where they say they are gonna go shoot frank because they figure out that the bites do cause people to die very quickly and become zombies mm-hmm. and she just walks up to frank she's like hey frank Michael's going to come over here and kill you. Yeah. Like she says it so frankly. Mm-hmm. And then she tells Frank, frankly, sorry, <laughs> that was very repetitive. And then when Frank says, you know, I'm sorry, my daughter's freaking out, but I'm her only family left. And th- then Anna was like, go ahead, shoot him, shoot him. You said you were going to shoot him. Why don't you shoot him? <laughs> and then she was like smart enough to remember to grab the boat key yeah, uh, and kill Steve, which she did promise that. She would kill him. Shoots him right in the head. Yeah. Yeah. So I just found that as a female character, she was very strong. Yeah. I wouldn't say my runner up, I almost gave it to as being Reims because I thought his character was pretty interesting because he was an asshole, mm-hmm. but he pulled it off to where you you didn't hate him. You know, like you understood he was very goal oriented. He really wanted to find his brother. He didn't want to be tied down with a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. But then when he realized his brother was probably dead, then he shifted and was like, okay, these are going to be my people, I guess. And he befriends the gun store owner, which is cute. As I say, they have a very nice, like you said, how they communicate with like dry erase boards. And it's kind of a well done plot point in the movie. But I did really find that scene creepy when Nicole chases after Chip into the gun shop. And because they're trying to get Andy food and Mm -hmm. because some zombies came in with the dog, he got bit. So they found out he was bit because he's talking to him on the radio. He goes back up to the roof and they're like, oh, he's right there. He's writing something. And then he lifts up the whiteboard and it's just blood. He's a zombie yeah 
that was always really creepy to me when I was younger. But also well done at the now we know he's a zombie. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't see it at all. Yeah. So do you want to move on to our final thoughts? Yes. What did you think about this movie? I will say if I'm comparing it to the original version, I like the original version more, but... I still think this is a decent movie. It has some flaws and stuff like that, but it, I think the zombies look great. There's some likable characters in here. There's some well-developed characters in here, and it's a fun movie. I agree. I definitely think that there are flaws to it, and it should not be compared to the original, which mm-hmm. I feel like we're talking up so much, and people are going to watch it, and they're like, it's not that great, uh, but we really love it. We do. I think as a standalone zombie film... I like the fast zombies. I know they were kind of made more popular with like 28 Days Later. Mm -hmm. And I think that they do a well job in this movie Mm -hmm. as far as how creepy they are and how aggressive they are. And I agree. It's still an enjoyable movie. I'd watch it again for Halloween. I almost wish it wasn't. It was just called something else. Yeah. You know, and then you wouldn't associate it with the original because it's a decent movie. That's true. So we mentioned that we were going to ask on Instagram what everybody's favorite Halloween costumes were. Mm-hmm. And we had a couple answers that I'll read off that I liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lone Butterfly 29, which I think is Christy. Okay. Said Ghostface from Scream. That was a very popular one. For sure. I feel like uh, there was... My brother had one of those faceless kind of devil costumes where it was just like a hood and then there was like black material over the face. So it looked like it was a faceless person, basically. Uh And I remember I wore that in fifth grade. Oh, geez. (laughs) Because I wanted to be cool. I didn't want to be like girly or anything like that. And I'm not going to be a princess. And it was creepy. I don't think kids can wear costumes like that to school anymore. Probably not. I definitely, I think the last time I might have dressed up, I think I was 14 and it was for a costume party mm-hmm. and my friend was really into Scream. So I, I did Ghostface. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good costume. Yeah, for sure. The next one is from 88 miles per hour podcast. Mm-hmm. Friends of the pod. Uh, Dracula. And I'd always wear the vampire teeth too. Nice. And I have follow-up questions, like, always? Like, after <laughs> Halloween, you'd wear them? <laughs> on, on November 3rd, you're rocking the Dracula yeah. teeth? I await your reply. Uh, um, the guys at Big Dumb Movie Podcast put, Batman from the 1989 Batman movie, I wore it three years in a row. I did not wear it three years in a row, but that is my earliest memory, was dressing up as Batman. It would have been after I saw that movie. Yeah. And the thing I remember was the shirt and pants, they were pajamas. Ooh. So you could wear it. And it had a Velcro cape nice. that when you, they made sure they told you not to wear when you were sleeping because they didn't want you to choke. <laughs> but that is my earliest one that I can think of. That's awesome. Yeah. The last one I have to read is from KVNG Primetime. And he said he never really dressed up, but one year he went as the wrestler Monty Brown. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who that is, but I'm guessing you do. That is a wrestling fan right there. He was uh, worked at the competitor of the WWE in the early 2000s, TNA, and then he was in the WWE for a very, very brief time. Oh, okay. He's a big, huge dude. That's kind of a... That's a that's a deep cut. It's yeah. <laughs> a deep cut. That was I didn't go as The Rock or John Cena. I went as Monty Brown. You know, 
I get it. Yeah. I know you briefly said stuff about Batman, but mm-hmm. what was your favorite costume as a kid or a memorable one? A memorable one. And it's because I think back and go, wow, you really went out on Halloween as that. I went out as Steve Urkel. Yeah. I wore some suspenders, one. Mickey Mouse sunglasses because <laughs> I didn't have glasses at the time, but they were, I'm sure every person that I went up to's door was like, what the hell is that kid dressed as? <laughs> just, a, just a nerd, I guess? Yeah. Because I was just wearing a sweater with suspenders over it and sunglasses. I mean, suspenders are all you need, but if you would have had some red framed glasses. They were red framed Mickey oh, okay. Mouse sunglasses. They were like a a light lens, but it was probably like the best thing that my mom could come up with so right. I could be Steve Urkel. I went as a witch several times, mm-hmm. uh, but one of my favorite costumes was when I was in sixth grade. My mom's friend lent me her poodle skirt. I don't know if it was like an authentic poodle skirt, but it definitely had a huge uh, skirt underneath. So it would be super poofy because if you get the ones at like Party City, they're really thin material. They don't have like the poof to them. Yeah. This one actually had the underskirt with the ruffles and the skirt was very thick. And I just remember being really excited about it because I'd never had a costume that was that nice. And I had a boyfriend at the time. Ooh. And uh, I went to the Halloween fair with him and a couple of my other friends. And it was just a really exciting Halloween. Did you guys kind of coordinate? Was he like a No, like I a think greaser? he was like Zorro or something, oh. if I remember correctly. That would have been kind of um, neat if you guys had yeah. coordinated. Innocent sixth grade relationships are yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much the last one that I had where I felt like I tried. But growing up... In a place where it was super cold, it kind of sucked because half the time you'd have to wear a coat. Unless you were smart enough to incorporate it in your costume, you uh, know? And I felt like I never did. <laughs> no. I was always wearing a massive winter coat over it. Yeah. And you're like, I'll open my coat real quick and show you and then close it because it's freezing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Kids, kids in the South States probably have it a lot better. For sure. Oh, yeah. Although, I should point out, when we moved here to Arizona, the first year I went trick-or-treating, my parents were like, make sure you wear a sweater. It was probably like 85 out when yeah. the sun went down. I was sweating my ass off. Like, I don't want to wear a sweater. Oh. So, fun times talking about Halloween. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, guys, and thanks for writing uh, your responses about the Halloween costumes. We'll have another fun Halloween episode question. <laughs> question. Question and episode. Yeah, next week. We have not decided on the movie yet. No, but it will be another horror classic. Yes. Or some would say horror classic. Classic. Thanks for listening. I, how many times do I say thanks for listening in an episode, do you think? Uh, Six. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Cool. Have a great week, and we'll be talking to the microphone next week. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye.